distance balls. Sure, they go far, but do they do anything else? The new ERC Soft does. Callaway completely reinvented the way a distance ball performs. Engineered with a new, fast, hybrid cover and a graphene-infused dual soft-fast core, it's a new kind of distance ball, one that actually feels soft and spins more. And once you're on the green, ERC Soft's triple track technology will help you dial in your alignment. Get Callaway's longest ball with soft feel today at callawaygolf.ca. Ontario Premier Doug Ford is facing a looming battle with unions representing teachers and support staff in the province's schools. And the situation may get magnified if provincial cuts become fodder for the federal Liberals in next month's election. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. We look at what the fight is over, how the government has responded, and try to cut through some of the political spin at play. I'm hoping you can help us out with something. There's a short survey in the link in our show notes. If you could take a minute, fill that out. We'd really appreciate it. Brian Lilly is a columnist with the Toronto Sun. Uh, so, Brian, as kids in Ontario are heading back to the classroom this week, are, are back at their desks learning math, learning language arts, there's a potential for possible labor disputes between the government and the teachers unions and other unions there. I'm just wondering what is leading to all this uncertainty in the education system? Uh, it's a combination of uh, all of the education contracts coming up for renewal at once. They basically all expired on September 1st. And the fact that there's a new government with a, a new mandate, a new vision of how education should be run. The teachers unions in Ontario, and I want to point out that um, we can talk about this in a second, the support staff could be the first to go out on strike or do work to rule. And that means, you know, schools could be shut down due to garbage not being collected. But the teachers unions in Ontario have a peculiar history of fighting every single government. Um, we can go back to my own high school days of uh, teachers fighting uh, a then liberal government under David Peterson. They fought the NDP government of Bob Ray. They, of course, fought the conservative government of Mike Harris. Uh, Dalton McGuinty was the education premier. He promised peace. He got it for a little while, but then when he didn't want to give them exactly what they wanted, they turned on him and they turned on his successor, Kathleen Wynne. Uh, so the teachers' unions, they can talk as if the, they're not all that militant, but Men, do not cross them in Ontario politics if, if unless you want a lot of angry parents. And so the Ford government wants to bring in some changes and the teachers unions have said uh, over our dead bodies effectively. So what kind of changes is the premier looking at? I know that in terms of funding, there's been an increase in funding to cover enrollment growth, but otherwise due to Ontario's financial situation that they're looking to hold the line on certain costs. Uh, you know, Canadians well know that uh, Ontario is deep in debt and spends millions of dollars a day on debt servicing costs. What changes does the Ford government want to make to help keep costs in line? They effectively want to to try and curb costs uh, through slowing the growth in spending. And part of that is in terms of uh, the number of teachers hired. Just to give you some stats here, when the uh, the liberals were first elected, they were elected fall of 2003. So their first budget was 2004 and their last budget was 2018. In that time, they more than doubled education spending. And that's in real 
adjusted for inflation dollars. So their first budget, they were spending total education spend was about 10 billion adjusted for inflation by Bank of Canada calculator works out to $13.4 billion. That's a hefty chunk of change. But mm-hmm. by the time they left office, and that's $13.4 billion, 2018 dollars. By the time they left office, it was $29.1 billion, an increase of $15.7 billion, which is exactly the size of the deficit that the Ford government took over. A bunch of things happened in that time. Student enrollment dropped. It dropped from, it was still above 2 million students, but it dropped by more than 109,000. But the number of teachers hired went up by 13,000, and they also started hiring early childhood educators, ECE workers, to go into Mm -hmm. the full-day kindergarten for senior and junior kindergarten. So we're talking student enrollment down by 100,000, 109,000, and between the teachers and the ECE workers, another... Uh, 24,000, or sorry, 20, 22 to 23,000 new people in the classroom. And that's not counting the administrators that saw growth. That's not uh, counting the, you know, if there were extra support staff. So there was a, re, you know, a massive growth. Uh, healthcare spending by comparison did not grow at the rate of education uh, in the province of Ontario in that time. So what's the logical way to try and curb that growth? It's to say we're not going to have as many teachers. But D- mm-hmm. Doug Ford made this promise nobody's going to lose their job. He didn't say he wouldn't eliminate positions. So their plan is to use attrition to say yeah. as people retire, we're not going to replace them. And we're going to increase class size. It's, it's going to stay the same. It's capped at 23 for kindergarten through grade three. Uh, in... Uh, Grades four through eight, I believe it's gone up to the the average can't be higher than 24. And currently in high school, it's 22. Actually, for this year, because of attrition, it's gone up to 22 and a half students. And over the next four years, they plan on moving towards 28. I didn't realize it was that low. And I've got four kids. One of them is now out of the system, but three are still in. And when this first came up, I, I looked at them and I said, how many kids are in your class? And they're in high school. And they like, <laughs> said, some classes, it's only 15 kids. I said, you got to be kidding me. Uh, so we went from an average uh, student to, to teacher ratio of uh, 18 and high change down to below 16. That, that is a massive change. That costs a lot of money. So they're trying to you know, just say, look, we're going to increase class sizes, but we're doing it by not replacing retiring teachers. That means nobody's losing their job, but it means fewer union members to the tune of thousands of missing union members, meaning fewer members paying dues. How does that translate, though? You know, you have school boards in Ontario who are saying that they're putting, you know, putting teachers on supply or even in some boards that they're laying off teachers. How does that reconcile with the idea that nobody will lose their jobs? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, Ford has changed his language. During the campaign, he said no one will lose their jobs. Um, by the shortly after he was sworn in and realized the um, uh, ridiculousness of that statement, <laughs> which I never bought. Somebody yeah. has somebody somewhere when the province is fifteen billion dollars in debt, somebody somewhere has to lose their jobs. Uh, he's turned it into no frontline worker will lose their jobs. And even as the backing of, uh, you know, one of the big unions here, the Public Sur- Ontario Public Service Employees Union, I remember asking their head, Smokey Thomas, 
uh, as they were making healthcare changes, I said, Smokey, there's a bunch of these middle managers could be laid off. He said, I don't care. <laughs> as long as the frontline workers aren't laid off, there's too many managers and and that's the bloat. So cut them, leave our guys alone. Uh, you know, they, you can't quite do that in education. So, but th- this, if you've heard the story of, you know, so many hundreds of teachers at this board have been laid off, you know, just last week, there was one, uh, 300 had been laid off at the Toronto District School Board, the country's largest uh, school board. Mm-hmm. Well, those were numbers from June and not updated numbers for the end of August, beginning of September when they came out. And the reason that's important is there is this bizarre requirement in the contracts with between all the school boards in Ontario and all the teachers unions that if you don't know for sure that Dave can have a classroom to himself come September 1st, then I got to give you a notice in the spring and say, Dave, you're on surplus. And Mm -hmm. that means that you're likely going to be hired back, but you may not be, or you may have to go to a different school uh, to keep your job. This happens every single year. Thousands of these notices go out. The teachers are almost entirely hired back and you never hear a news story about it until this year. So teachers who were laid off or given notice that they were put on supply at the end of the school year could well find themselves back in the classroom once school districts get enrollment numbers and get budget. Yeah. You know, as we know, people move and so, you know, class sizes go up and down depending on what families, uh, how they make their choices. Uh, And so it, it generally settles by the end of the first week of school, which would, you know, be about now. They, this is when the numbers count, not in March and April, which is when the teachers unions and some of the school boards and, of course, the NDP opposition were releasing them and running around and saying, see, thousands of teachers are being laid off. Well, wait a minute. This happens every single year and it's not considered a layoff. But really, this was about political posturing because of the contract talks. They wanted that the teachers unions wanted to be out there. The Ford government in that respect was acting no different than the previous liberal government. And nobody ever complained when this happened. But those decisions, by the way, aren't made by the central government. They're made by local school boards based on enrollment numbers. And just one final point on that, to make sure that no working teacher loses their job involuntarily over this, the Ford guys, these slash and burn, crazy, right wing, we're going to cut everything conservatives, they added $1.6 billion in a special fund to keep teachers employed so that they're not cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bothers me because, well, what if they actually should be cut because there's nobody in the classes for that or we don't need them? Well, now we're spending $1.6 billion. How much of that is going to people that are no longer needed? That you know, We don't have that in the newspaper business, I'll tell you that. All of this came up as the Ford government was kind of dealing with some issues within cabinet. The premier shuffled cabinet, brought in a new education minister. Do you get the sense that the government has a better handle on this file now than they may have six months ago? I don't know that they have a better handle on it. You know, the the former education minister, Lisa Thompson, she definitely knew her file. Uh, she was dismissed by critics. I, You know, I love this. Uh you know, warm and caring people dismissing the education minister is nothing but a goat farmer, uh, which is what they would say. She's not smart enough to be the education minister. Her family farm, uh, I stopped and asked her one day, I said, you, I keep hearing you're just a goat farmer. How big's your family farm operation? And she said, uh, four to $5 million a year. 
I said, do you help run that? She said, yeah. Uh, they're, they're like a lot of farmers into a lot of different products. So mm-hmm. uh, she just, she wasn't great at communicating when things got tough. Uh, she had the appearance of the everyday suburban or rural mom out at the school and reporters would be shouting questions at her and she couldn't always handle that. The new guy in charge, young guy, just elected to politics, has experience being a a spinner, a PR guy for the Stephen Harper government to back uh, before 2015, a guy named Stephen Lecce. Uh, he's better able to handle the media. He takes his file very seriously, but so did the last minister. So I think it's a the biggest change is a communications change uh, rather than necessarily a policy change. Now, all of this is coming to a head as voters across Canada are set to go to the polls in a federal election. There's been talk about how much Doug Ford will be involved in the federal election. And there's also talk that Justin Trudeau may try and campaign in Ontario against Doug Ford rather than against Andrew Scheer. How much does that come into play in this education debate? Uh, Big time, big time. I, um, I actually think Doug Ford should be campaigning uh, for the Conservatives, going out with local candidates in areas where he's still very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's going to try and sit this out, even as Justin Trudeau tries to bait him constantly. I've covered politics in Ontario and Quebec on a provincial level. I've never seen a prime minister weighed in on provincial issues in Quebec the way Trudeau has here. And that includes on education. I could not imagine an MP from Quebec who's prime minister trying to tell the Quebec premier, oh, you should be running the education system this way. It would backfire. It would be a huge controversy there. And everyone would be telling him off. But in Ontario, he, you know, Trudeau thinks th- this MP from Quebec, he can do this. He went to the Canadian Teachers Federation meeting back in early July talked about how frightening these cuts were. And, you know, he's worried as a parent and it's awful. Uh, and then just the other day, he's doing a campaign style stop in Ontario and he made the pitch saying that, you know, you've got to protect public education. I wrote about this in, in my column. Let, let me see if I can just pull up the, uh, the exact quote here as he was, um, making this pitch. He said, protecting public education is not a social program or a moral issue. It's a hardcore economic issue. And the fact that conservatives from Doug Ford to Andrew Scheer don't seem to understand the value of investing in our public education is yet another reason you need a teacher to continue to be prime minister. So he's saying, you know, if you want to protect public education, you got to vote for Justin Trudeau. Well, doesn't matter who you vote for for prime minister they have no say in the local school whether it's in kincardine ontario or red deer alberta it doesn't matter those are provincial governments that run those outside of first nation schools and outside of military kids uh who they'll help pay for as they move around the country mm-hmm. the feds have no role in in education so uh, this is a, a bit of a lie on justin trudeau's part uh, but he knows that he can do this he can make this claim again, and also it's hypocritical because he's the product mostly of private schools. He went to a Lycée um, Claudel, uh, a school in Ottawa whose curriculum is dictated by the, the government of France. You have to follow the French national curriculum. That was his uh, elementary school at the end. And then he went to Brebeuf College in Montreal. So he's a private school graduate who taught at a private school in Vancouver, and he's saying he's the defender of public education. Why? Because- mm-hmm of the this 
you know, tumultuous situation with the unions. He knows that he can get them riled up. And if he can get their backing, that's an awful lot of votes. Think about you, you've got uh, 125,000 teachers in Ontario, and you're going to scare all of them that if Andrew Scheer is elected, that you're going to lose your job. A lot of people will buy that, even if they know it or you know should know it's not true. Uh, and then how many relatives do they have? How many husbands, wives, uh, older kids that are able to vote? You're trying to get them on side. And so, yeah, Justin Trudeau's waiting right into the education debate to try and help win the federal election, which is something I've never seen. So when do, the, when do all of these contracts come up? They're all coming up due to be renegotiated. When might we start to see dominoes fall? That could be within the next week to two. And this is where the support workers come in. So the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation, one of the biggest, they're not in a strike position. In fact, uh, I believe they're currently still before the labor board having certain parameters of what will be negotiated settled. So the labor board is going to settle what can be negotiated before they negotiate. Uh, the Elementary Teachers Federation, uh, that's the big one for the public board at uh, you know grades K through six or eight. They're, they're not in a strike position and neither is the Catholic teachers. But the uh, support workers, we're talking ECE workers, we're talking janitors and cleaners, a lot of them, some 55,000 represented by CUPE. And CUPE was saying even before the school year started, there will be job action. They wouldn't say whether it would be a strike or whether it would be uh, just that oh, we're not going to pick up the garbage anymore. They'll do work to rule. So all of a sudden, your kid's school could be shut down, not because the teachers aren't at the front of the classroom, but because the garbage hasn't been picked up in three days and the bathrooms haven't been cleaned and it's not sanitary for you to go to school. There's also a question, and I, I'm not sure all the, the teachers unions have answered it, and that's will they cross a QP picket line if the support workers go out on strike. Well, uh, we'll have to see how that shakes out, although it's, i got to say it's never a dull moment in Ontario politics. Brian, thanks for your time. Thank you. 10-3 is produced by Carson Drama. Theme music and additional production by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest Brian Lilly. More from him at torontosun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>